It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. Hey, it is episode number 220, and we have got the BGN WIP crew rocking and rolling here. Brandon Lee Gowden, James Elser, hanging out with you uh, whenever you're listening to this, whether it's afternoon, nighttime, in the morning, maybe you're on the toilet like I am usually listening to podcasts, reading blogs, and all of your nasty comments at BGN underscore radio. Once again, I am John Barchard, of course, and uh, I got to tell you, we're getting dangerously close to not being able to use that Connor Barwin drop, you know? So maybe <laughs> maybe we have to retire that after this season, and we'll probably get into that plus your questions and things. And as a reminder, as always, uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever it is, uh, Google Play, all of those fun little spots that we like to listen to our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review. You guys did a fantastic job of getting us to over 100, and there's been a lot of great feedback and five-star reviews and couple of one stars in there as well i know we'll we'll i think brandon's right we'll have to just eventually steal the rights to ricky sanchez podcast idea and just start reading uh reviews because it's a it's a great bit and uh and there are some fun ones out there so we'll get to those later on this week uh james how are you feeling my friend welcome back we're uh we're a little rusty doing it this way but we are here yeah, yeah, it took a it took a little bit to get into it, and uh, a couple technical difficulties because it's been so long since we've done it this way. But um, yeah, man, uh, the Connor Barwin drop that's a it's a bummer. That was fun. I remember the moment that happened. I was like, oh man, that was so cool, and, and now <laughs> and now less so. So um, yeah, man, uh, I'm excited. It's fun to we obviously get to do the show on Saturdays on WIP, but uh, it, it's fun when we get to do it old school like this. Yeah, and, and we Brandon, can curse, like, oh. and we can curse, which is fucking <laughs> yes, awesome. Yes. So. Shouts to Brittany from Phoenix, by the way, for 
last week. I just realized that I took the the pre-delay uh, in the podcast there, so that that still got in there. And James yelling, "Dump it, dump it, dump it," uh, which was which was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, Brandon, that's the funny thing too about this is just so we got the Connor drop, and I remember the day we were all super pumped when James got there. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, get on the phone with him right away!" And then every single guest, and we've had some great guests come in here. We've never told them, "Hey, can you do us a real quick?" Uh, you're listening to BGN Radio. Like we never did it. We never did it ever. So now we gotta get we gotta get that together, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm not doing good, guys. I'm furious. I'm I'm pissed off. I'm angry. Joel Embiid is not in the All Star game. We'll get to that no, a little bit later, but no, we'll get to that right now. Thank you very Even much. Better. I know this is an Eagles podcast, and I know that uh, Derek Bonner and Mr. Rich Hoffman just broke it down on the Sixers beat. I've yet to listen to it, but what the fuck, Paul Millsap? Come on. Like, are you serious? The, mo- the most boring center on earth got in there. All right. We're going to compare names and numbers and notes for a long time. And fuck that. And I will pump up the right story. Sanchez podcast one more time, because on February 17th, when the all-star game is going down, if you want, and I've heard it because Spike tweeted this out. If you want to go and have a fuck a Paul Millsap shirt and just watch Joel Embiid highlights for two hours, Xfinity Live, five o'clock. February 17th. James, I think it's the 19th, I believe. But Is it 19th? Way, yeah, I blew the 19th. It. I blew yeah, it. But, 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 but we just clarify, if, as long as people didn't just totally tune out as soon as you said 17th, they're like, this asshole doesn't know what day it is. I'm out. Like, then, then we corrected it, and we're good now. But, yeah, I, I'm in. I thought that was uh, – the, the thing that I love about that, and, and like we just said, you know, we got to be better about doing the stuff like getting players to give us those types of things. I love it. It seems like right. Suriki is very good about seizing the moment and kind of, uh, you know, taking advantage for these public events. Uh, and, uh, we, that's something we can model ourselves after hopefully as yes. well. But, uh, uh, too much, too much, it. too much right. Suriki Sanchez love. We're the only podcast who oh, yeah. cares. Yeah. We're, Let's talk uh, about Embiid getting screwed in an exhibition game. Who cares about watching Paul freaking Millsap play? People don't want to watch Hawks games, much less in the All-Star yeah. game. Yeah, give Come it to on. the team that's literally uh, having a fire sale because even though that they're doing really well, they know they have absolutely yeah, it's, shot. Uh, it's, uh, they're trying to trade Paul Millsap. Like, they might not now, like... Just because they're like in the middle of it and they're like, ah, whatever. But like, and if they probably won't be able to get enough back, he's, a, I think he's a free agent in the end of the season. But I mean, dude, just dude, yeah. it's just, it's just weak. And also, it's just the whole like old guard of like, he's a rookie, you gotta wait your turn or whatever. It's just weak sauce, man. I'm, I'm not a fan. Um, well, we'll get into, uh, we'll get into some of that probably in the end too, because it's just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy about, about any of that. I am happy for Joel Embiid. Here's the only, the, the, well, here's the silver lining, right? If you're listening to this, we're recording this on Thursday night, Friday night, there's a, there's a home game and it's against Houston and boy, oh boy, I hope Joel Embiid is pissed because it's a nationally televised game and we were kind of hinting that, uh, or got hinted at, and obviously it's not true, but we thought that would be Simmons' return, but it's Joel Embiid getting, getting you know, very pissed off and going up against Harden and the boys. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully uh, there'll be some juice in the building. 
Um, the Joel Embiid just... revenge tour starts now. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Please get him a date uh, with. I uh, see. I think it was with Minaj. I know everybody's going with the Rihanna theory, and that's that's no, obvious. people, I think people it was are saying Minaj. Danielle now too. The Danielle Knutson is another oh, name that's out there too. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and uh, speaking of off season, I know that the Senior Bowl is happening right now. Uh, Tehran and Benetton. We're all going to do a little bit of a, a Senior Bowl review. Sunday or Monday, it'll be out at, at some point, and we'll we'll just kind of go over the weekend. There's a lot of different names that have been looking very, very, very nice. I will say, nobody wearing 69, but everybody's still looking nice. And there's mm. uh, there's a lot of lot of different players that are popping in in the Senior Bowl and uh, BLG. Let's let's start there because you know the Jeffrey Lurie thing. We talked about that a little bit last week. We talked about it on the show as well, where it was just hey, you know how it's kind of hands on, and and a lot of owners don't go down to the Senior Bowl. And Jeffrey Lurie is there again for the second year in a row. Not looking for a quarterback this time, so I don't know. Does that, uh, does that kind of weird you out a little bit? Uh, he was there last year, and they were looking for a quarterback, and that's when everyone, I guess, kind of figured, oh, you know, this is yeah. really probably going to be serious about this. Obviously, you just said, you know, and we already know, they're, they're not looking for a quarterback this year. I thought it was interesting. Howard Roseman said he hasn't even watched any quarterbacks. Like, they're not even looking at quarterbacks, you know, because Wentz is their guy, and they're not even focused on the quarterbacks at all in this point. Um, I don't know what to make out of it too much, him being down there. I know a bunch of people are going to be like, oh, great, you know, like he's being <laughs> too involved. I don't know. I don't really know that I take anything away from it. I mean, if here's the thing. If he's down there, you know, and we talk about this on the Saturday show this past week, you know, and if he's like, you know, being in everyone's ear and like, oh, I love this player and things like that, I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing you don't want to see, and that's the kind of thing that apparently – uh, I guess Howie Roseman told reporters he's not there doing that. He's more doing the big picture stuff. I don't know what you could possibly doing big picture at the Senior Bowl. Maybe he's networking with some other people. I don't know. Maybe he just wants to, hey, you know, who doesn't want to go to Mobile, Alabama in uh, January? I mean, it's just the place to be. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I everybody everybody wants to be down there, no matter no matter what it is for the for three dollar and fifty beers or the. Uh, I don't know the push-up contest that they have. I don't. Other than the senior bowl, I don't really know what happens down in in Mobile except for the nice weather. But yeah, I mean, James, you make anything of this? And then, I, well, well, we'll transition. I want I want your thoughts on that too. But also, just you had the you know, Howie Roseman's comments coming from Zach Berman and just basically saying they're not really focused on taking a wide receiver in the first round. Now, to me, I, I don't take that as as one way or another. I mean, GMs will say anything to kind of throw off the scent to kind of do whatever, but. You know, I think we've been saying this for for quite a while where it's just like, the, you know, I, w I wouldn't be so locked in on Corey Davis or Mike Williams if he falls. I think they're just going to, again, try and take whatever the best player is on their board. Don't mistake that. It's just like, oh, yeah, whoever whoever Matt Miller is telling us to take is who we're going to take. Whoever's the best player on their board is is, is how it's going to be. I'm sure that there's, again, a lot of decisions that still have to be made, even for ourselves. We, we're, we're not even sure. I would understand the four or five positions that are going through there, but uh, do, you, do you take anything away from how we're saying, hey, we're not really focused on a, a wide receiver in the first round? Yeah, I'll get, I'll get that. I'm far more interested in the Lori thing. I will be the guy who's like, this is awful. I don't like this one bit. Uh, like, I, this guy should not be on the sidelines 
watching wide receiver drills and you know like is he like scouting down there i mean this this bothers me like i don't let most owners don't go to the senior bowl they didn't pay to send their assistant coaches down there because they said they wanted them to quote unquote what work on scheme like i don't even know what the fuck that means like what is that like are they sitting there like pouring over the scheme just like analyzing it like what the fuck is that every other team in the league brings their assistant coaches but you're gonna send Lori down there to sit on the sidelines and act like he's some sort of you know scout or involved in the the, the personnel process like that it worries me like I, I i'm not like saying it's it's the biggest deal of all time yet or anything but I'm I'm certainly concerned with that, at least more so than Brandon appears to be. Um, well, I want to I want to touch in on that because I did, I did, here's here's my theory on this is that it's still and I understand like I I I think there is some concern. Again, I'm probably in the middle of you two, which is a great place to be. By the way, it's nice. <laughs> uh, I think that there is some of that could be there, and I think because that Lori is still like, oh, my God, I, I can't lose my team again to anybody. What if Joe Douglas suddenly wants all the power again? Or what if, you know, whatever's kind of going through his mind. I think he just wants to be the eyes and the ears and hear the conversations between Howie, Joe, and Doug and just make sure that that's all balanced. And maybe that's a, a, a dumb take to, to have, but it's, that's why I really think he's I down think there. I don't think it's uh, dumb at all. I just don't, I like, I, I, I think it's somewhat idealistic, but I, I don't think it's dumb. I And I hope it's true. If that's the case, I'm, I'm certainly a lot less against it, but my inclination is that it's not. You know what I mean? Well, that yeah, and it's it, almost like Larry has to be there to babysit those guys. Like, like John's point just there. It's like you know he's he's there to make sure everything's going smoothly. It's like, well, does he really have to? Like, why does he have <laughs> yes, to? Yes, he does. Like, why do we he have to? Does. Be no, at this point? he does. But like, why? Like, that's the point. Is like this guy is the owner of the team. He's not a scout. He's not a player personnel guy. He's not a coach. He's the fucking owner. Like, instead of being down there and like babysitting people you hired to do a job go fucking do an owner job like don't do the stuff that the owners do <laughs> what, what, but like that's not sitting on the senior bowl sidelines because there's no other fucking owners that do it like do you know what i mean like Except I, for jim ursay yeah yeah or, or yeah, awesome <laughs> which is that's which the, is not yeah. a model of success Great. Yeah. i'm sure al davis did it back in the day too you know what i mean like <laughs> I, you know I, well yeah because he was owner gm yeah absolutely that, so did, that so. that's the kind of stuff and, and i don't think Lori's gonna take the the gm title even though there is a, an open gm title here but um i I, uh, no, I just, uh, you know, it just, it does worry me. And John, I think that's, I don't think your take is stupid at all. I just think it's, I think that it's, it's the best case scenario in my mind. Yeah. It's just, and this is BLG. I don't know when, if there is, cause we've worried about this for two weeks now, but when, when is there going to be like, oh, that's, that's Jeffrey Laurie doing that. When, is there any indicator in your mind that would go, that's a Jeff Laurie, his hands are involved in that. Like, is there anything we can point to? Maybe something that doesn't fit in the pattern of other things expected. Meaning, so like, look at the Sam Bradford thing last year. Like, yeah, it's that a didn't great really call, BLG. Fit, you know, and and it happened that you know that was his call. Like he wanted that. So I think it would be something like that. But the problem is here is we don't know. It gets murky, and if he's meddling and he's picking and choosing, you know, where he's going to interfere, like that's the thing, and that's what we were talking about on Saturday, and not knowing. 
uh, from a public perspective of holding these people accountable and being able to be like, hey, you know, uh, Joe Douglas really screwed up this draft pick or he did really good with this draft pick or he did really good with this signing or this signing was terrible. Well, what if one of those moves was, you know, Lurry? Or, so it's, it's really it's confusing and it brings us back to the point of like how much do we really trust this power structure going forward? Well, and speaking to that, and again, we'll get to Howie's comments in a little bit, too, because that just ties in with the Rick Mueller firing kind of today. I mean, it really doesn't mean anything to me other than Joe Douglas wants his own guy. You know, oh, it but means Ryan Grigson's coming back. No, <laughs> stop. I, see, stop. the only reason why I tweeted that later in this afternoon is because that's BLG had said that in the text read, and I was like, well, I'm not, I, I can't let that go because now that's on my mind. So Yeah, yeah and I, 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 my I response to it was don't even joke about that. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would pretty much be like, okay, that that's that's it. I'm out of there. Although it is kind of the only thing I'll say, it's kind of interesting that they got rid of him now and instead of waiting until May when I think most of these guys' contracts, including his, would be up. So that seems a little timely. Uh, he was one of the guys that was little. I think right, BLG was let go and then brought back after. Yeah, Chip. he was like a band aid, right? BLG essentially. Right, yeah, they brought him in last offseason because they were just so short on front office people that I don't even think they hired him to like a real title right away. They kind of just brought him back, and then I guess they kind of gave him some kind of position in the front office, and it was just, yeah, I think I guess it was temporary all along, I would think. Yeah, so, he, I mean, it, oh, and technically, you know, he's still under contract with the team, but he doesn't have it. <laughs> so he's like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the, oh, my God, I'm blanking. James, help me out, HBO show. Uh uh, that it was very, very funny, and uh, they would send I'm guys up to the roof when they didn't have a job position. Hooli, what the oh, fuck is oh, the name oh, of the show? Silicon Valley. God Almighty, I couldn't, I yeah, can't believe it. Yeah, that show's so, great. Uh, with like uh, big head, big head up on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rick, Rick Mueller is big head up on the roof right now. <laughs> so he's just hanging out. And, probably and making slightly less money than Big Head was, but <laughs> yeah, still yeah. good. But yeah, still so good money. I'm sure Rick's doing fine. <laughs> so James, let's get into those comments though with with yes, with Roseman yes, in the totally. in the first round wide receivers. So you you taking anything away from that? No, uh, I think Howie's cagey and he's smart, and I think he's shown that at least recently in talking to the media, he's got a pretty firm grasp on what he wants to say and what he doesn't want to say. So. I think that it's certainly possible. I mean, you brought that up, John. That was something that you had said on the show on Saturday when we were back on WIP that you thought there was a good possibility that that they would kind of go the wide receiver and free agency route more than the draft route, um, at least early draft picks. And and it looks like, you know, Jimmy Kemsky wrote an article today positing that as well. And um, it seems that it could be kind of leaning that way. But um uh, you know, I, I I don't believe anything how he says at this point, but I certainly like. Could I see them? You know, it, it, there's a really good chance that, that there is a, a a really solid, strong cornerback there at fourteen, fifteen. However, it shakes out before them. Uh, you know, in which case that that's intriguing. You know, that's something you really have to think about. So, um, I, I would be happy either way as long as they bolster the position, which they're obviously going to. So. Um, I don't take anything away from it, John, but I, I do think that it's probably likely to happen. I'm far more on that side than I was on Saturday when you brought it up. BLG, you uh, uh, kind of feeling the same way, or is wide receiver off the table uh, for Howie in round uh, one? I don't think he necessarily took it off the table as much as he was just saying they need immediate help, and that's something we've talked about on the podcast, and I think I've said a lot, is like, 
look, John, you know, I know you want that first round wide receiver and I'm not opposed to it. Like, but bring someone in who is a proven NFL player. I don't. Yeah, like, we've just said draft that for a guy, while. Yeah, exactly. In the first round and he's another Nelson Aguilar or something. This guy who's supposed to come in, he's pro ready and then he just sucks or he's just OK. Like the Eagles need a proven player. They need multiple proven players at the wide receiver position. So I think he's just saying they're they're definitely basically in a backwards way he's saying that they're definitely going to get help in free agency which was obvious but i think he's you know uh confirming that there and i think he's not ruling out if you know if Corey davis or mike, mike williams, williams falls, falls there yeah. right and that's there and i mean that could be the pick still because it's not i don't think signing a guy or two precludes you from doing that but i just think it's not like uh he's just saying it's not like we're going to go uh into the draft and number one wide receiver is going to be the answer to everything yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I don't. I don't think anything will ever be off the table, and and we shouldn't be surprised by again the four major position groups that we're talking about. I do want to touch on Corey Davis and Mike Williams and this thing that's out there. Okay, and and it's just it, here's the thing. I'm with these guys. They don't have time. They don't have time to do this. Okay, like I know we talk about developing players, and that's what it all should be about, and going through the draft and doing all those things. Nobody wants to do that in the NFL. Sorry, that is just, especially where the Eagles are at now, they don't have time to do that. Your window is short. It is still short. I know that we're, we keep saying we have a quarterback, your window's open forever. Yes, that is true. But with these particular players, we are going to probably have Jason Peters here for another year. We are going to have Darren Sproles around for another year. Who knows what's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball because there's, again, <laughs> going to be a lot of replacements. Who knows what's going to happen to Benny Logan, so on and so on. So, to fill those holes, you need a guy that can catch a football. You need two guys that can catch a football and a quarterback to throw that to. But when we talk about Corey Davis, who I love, and I know everybody here loves, we, we got to get away from this the next T.O. shit, okay? Like, we, you can't just – because how many times have that has that happened? I mean, we were calling Jordan Matthews baby T.O. Whoops. You know, and, and, and there was – and the same with Mike Williams, and I'm not – and it's nothing against these guys – because they're fantastic wide receivers, and I would love if the Eagles draft him at 15, at 14, wherever it is. That's fine. But you can't rely, just like BLG was saying, you can't expect these guys to just come in there and be the shit because we've uh, it, it, there's that mechanism of Amari Cooper and OBJ and Mike Evans and Sammy Watkins, and those classes are just like, oh, yeah, those guys are, are, are instant guys. And then we forget... That normally, and it, this, and it's true with cornerbacks too. So it, you know you're kind of playing that game back and forth. But it really does take three years. It takes three years to for those guys on on those skill positions, whether it's defense and you're playing CB or wide receiver on the offense. It's going to take time. Eagles don't have that. They don't. They don't. They were there will be two new wide receivers before the draft happens. That way, it at least gives you flexibility to do whatever they want to do in that first round. E even if you know we're, we're talking at length about. If the wide receivers are going to be there, hell, if, if 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 Cook or any of those guys fall down there too, or there's an elite pass rusher that ends up falling down there, it gives you that option. You're not locked into that thing. So, and that's the thing too. And I, I'm just not. And maybe it's just me, but now now it's getting it's it's too, it's gone too far the other way. Like I'm on board with wide receiver. I, that will never change despite anything that's happening here, James. But I I, I think that we're putting Corey Davis. We're putting Mike Williams, we're putting all these different guys on even a higher pedestal. And I understand why we're doing it, because we're so thirsty. We're so thirsty for wide receivers, and I get it. 
But I, I don't know. I get scared if that's what you're going to rely on, and then you have second, third, fourth round of not as good cornerbacks, not as good pass rushers that are that are marching through there. Yeah, John, I think Mike Williams is going to be way better than T.O., so I, I think that that's not really fair. <laughs> um, no, dude, I'm with you 100%. But here's the thing. I think, I think ultimately... At least, uh, you know, like you said before, their board, uh, you know, BPA on their board. And obviously, I think their board is going to be weighted more towards the positions they need, you know, obviously, without saying, you know, you're not going to take a, a wide room, Mike Williams over Miles Garrett or you know what I mean. But um, I think that I, I really don't think that they're going to be locked in anything regardless. I think you are going to see signings in, in, in free agency. I think it'll be maybe a combination of a. Um, you know, not a high price guy, but a, a medium to high price guy and, and a, a lower price upside play. And then, but I also think they could do that and still draft a Mike Williams if he falls or still take a Corey Davis if he's there. Because, I mean, you still, while you say the window is short and it is for certain guys on this team, the, the, you can't like kind of just bypass the Carson Wentz, the window is open longer thing because he is the window he is the future he is what we have to to build around and think about so it's like like he he's going to be way better in year five six seven eight than he is going to be in years two three four and five mm-hmm. i mean matt ryan just had the the by far the best season of his career in year nine and i'm not saying he's taking a leap or whatever but it takes time for these guys to really acclimate and become the best version of themselves so I don't necessarily think that the win. I, I think that your goal is not to, again, I said this the other day, and I know we kind of disagree. I think you, obviously you want to win this year. You, you want to win every year in the NFL. But I think you're really thinking more about 2018, 2019, 2020 when you're thinking about building this team now than you are about next season. I, I really believe that. Yeah, so I, I just want to clarify. I'm not saying that like they have to have you know, free agent wide receivers and that's it. I'm saying... So, yeah, I, I don't think I said this. So the the ability to be able to do that and then go grab other wide receivers that you can develop in the second, third, fourth, sure. fifth, sixth round because yeah. there are a lot of different – and, again, we'll get into it on Sunday. But there are, there is a lot of different things that I think are underrated right now with certain guys like Zay Jones, who has been phenomenal, Eastern Carolina, hands of gold, things that are there that, are, that will probably be a, a, around a lot later. Ryan Switzer, who, again – is dynamite like it, Ryan Switzer to me is a guy that you're going to come in there and replace Darren Sproles because that I mean to have a second slot wide receiver to interchange with Jordan Matthews who's very quick whose ridiculous route running skills can kick and can punt return like that's valuable and I think that's an undervalued moving forward so that's where I, I guess when we get into it, BLG it's never this or that thing <laughs> you know, I think people get trapped into Oh, if you're if you, it's either free agency or the draft. I'm just saying, why not both? And, and yeah, we can, one and has to help them. the other, right? You yes. know, that's the point in tandem. Yeah, and we'll see that during the uh, leading up to the draft. You know, I think Matt made a good point about this uh, before a couple episodes ago, talking about how you know a lot of the times we look at mock drafts right now, and you know you see a lot of them have the Eagles connected and other teams as well to need, and obviously that's what you have to do at this point. Uh, it's the easy thing to do, but, you know, free agency is going to change that a lot. It's going to change how we feel potentially about the Eagles. Cause, you know, because what if they go out and they get a couple of receivers and you're like, wow, you know, we're set there, but we still don't really have a cornerback. And I'm not saying yeah. 
you reach for need, but I'm saying, you know, you kind of lean that way a little more, you know, if the guy is there and you kind of have some receivers now. Uh, here's one thing I think about this offseason uh, that I've been thinking about for a while now. I think it has the potential to be fun in the sense that, yeah. uh, you know, we've, we went through a season where the Eagles were terrible at the skill positions and we just complained about it every game and we knew it wasn't going to get better. But now they have the chance to improve it, and it's going to be fun. It's, it's not one of those off-seasons where you have to eat your vegetables and draft offensive linemen necessarily and a tight end and you know do all those boring things. This is like the fun off-season where you're going to get skill position players and you're going to be like, oh, man, that's going to be awesome with Carson Wentz. So I think you know this could be a really fun free agency setup, especially if they make that splash, like John is referring to, and as mm-hmm. as Jimmy Kemsky uh, reported this week, and Adam Kaplan even hinted at it on Saturday night that the Eagles are going to free up a lot of cap space here to make a move or two. Uh, I think it could be a fun off season in terms of making this a better team. Yeah, a- absolutely, and there's and, and and that's what's that's what's kind of exciting because nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, I mean, last year we all we it was it was almost just you know paint by numbers. We knew we knew exactly what they were going to try and do uh, for the most part. After Carson Wentz was just like, all right, well, it's just what he got here. Okay, an offensive lineman, yeah, running back, uh, okay, guy that's not going to make the team, guy that's going to be a practice squad. Okay, cool. But now it's now it's getting all the fun toys surrounding your quarterback, and and hopefully that does happen. A uh, real quick note: get off the Cooper Cup, love. All right. He's going to be 24 years know. old, and he's slow. He has he's the T-shirt. <laughs> he loves Carson Wentz. He oh, loves man. him. Please, they're, please. They're buddies already. Chemistry, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I tell you what I do know. Let's let's get into some questions because uh, we appreciate Real quick, real quick, oh, yeah, real quick. Ahead. Can I just say something about Joe Douglas? I, like, I this, this he's my second favorite eagle. After Carson Wentz. <laughs> How about that? I'm not it's even done kidding. Like, How about that? Like, yeah, I know. Like, that's the thing, like, which maybe doesn't say too much about some of the other options. But, like, I mean, dude, I'm I'm excited about this guy. Like, we've been waiting a while to have, like, a legit personnel guy a with, football with guy. credentials. A football <laughs> guy with credentials. I mean, he worked with Ozzy Newsom for 15 years. Ozzy. The Ozzy. The one. Um, but like, I mean, just like real quick, I have four quotes from Phil Savage, who was on the, the midday show with the, uh, Jody Cameron, John Ritchie day. And like, obviously he hired the guy, but this was like, for, uh, he said, uh, first he said, I think it's one of the wisest moves. Howie Rosen has made as GM of the Eagles, the hiring of Joe Douglas. Uh, he's been trained the right way. So he knows there are no shortcuts, shortcuts when it comes to personnel, which I like. And then, um, uh, obviously, he said one, he's one of my favorite people in the NFL, which I thought was a strong thing to say. And then, uh, again, I think he's been trained the right way. He's got a bigger vision than just watching singular individual players. Like, that just doesn't feel like fluff to me. That feels like specific reasons why Joe Douglas is going to be really good at this. Well, yeah, and, and to that point, there has been – just because, like, well, it's Phil Savage, of course he's going to say that, and he's like, you know, he's the pump up machine for everybody, and and you, that, I, I think at some point that's fair to say too. But last year, I remember him definitely saying, like, hey, you know, Howie really needs a a very strong personnel guy, and he was very honest about it. <laughs> you know, because he had worked with him in the past. We all know the, yep. the the back and forth with all that stuff. So, to Phil's word, I will take him on that because. He, he knows his stuff. I, I, I trust Phil Savage a lot about that, you know, and, and as much as he might pump up the senior ball, I mean, like he was 
he was talking up Dak Prescott. He was talking up Carson Wentz. He was, I mean, like yeah, he, he knew true. that was going on. So uh, that is that is definitely something to be excited about. And I am too. I was. We would all been dying for some form of of you know personnel fingerprints to look like that for a long time. And yeah, I, feel, I, I honestly I feel very confident heading into this thing for the first time in a long time. All right, let's get into uh, some of your questions. <laughs> We want to hear from you. Call the Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Sean uh, Brennan at The Real Deal Deshaun 10. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll see him back in Eagle Green, huh? Uh, that hasn't been discussed before. Uh, would you draft uh, Would you draft Ramcheck in the first? That is an offensive tackle from Wisconsin. For those that don't know uh, that, oh, they played left tackle uh, pretty well. It's got a pretty interesting story too. Blah blah blah. But would you uh, possibly trade Peters uh, if not cut him and save money and, and kind of go that route? That would be interesting if if they did that now for some folks that don't know uh ramcheck is very athletic very built like almost perfectly is kind of like a a jason peters light and i'm not talking about the color of his skin i'm just saying the 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 uh just just in 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 his abilities very athletic he went through it's kind of weird he's got a weird story like he went through uh like a a tech school his first year out of high school forego a a bunch of fbs offers including uh, you know some from michigan and some from any other place and went to junior college and then got a scholarship there and then declared for the draft the very next year so uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I don't think that Peters is going anywhere, but uh, BLG, what do you think about offensive tackle first round? Because he does that. He kind of has that tag. I'm curious to see what he does in the combine, but if he is that yeah, type of talent, yeah, actually what do you can't, think? He can't compete at the combine. He, uh, he has oh, no? A, he has a hip injury. Still in school. Oh, no, no, right. no, no. I forgot he got hip surgery. surgery right. Yeah, so he's not competing at the combine. So uh, other than that. No, yeah, I, neither do I. I think JP's. I'm, I've been saying this a long time. I'm pretty. I'm like. I would say 99 percent. Like Jason Peters is back, so that doesn't necessarily preclude them from taking an offensive lineman. But I just don't see them going that direction first round right now. Okay, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't see it either, unless something something really happens, or of course they <coughs> trade back, which you should <laughs> never do. And we'll get into that into a little bit as well uh, James Logan uh, Posey that's uh, Posey uh, Posey must underscore or uh, yeah Prime I think I apologize if I screwed that up I probably did uh, ESP thinks they're trading for uh, oh uh, Antonio Brown is that a possibility any thoughts on that I don't think that was ESP I, I, maybe he no, wrote it, it maybe he didn't Oh, it was okay. So the first James, the first I saw this, it was and and no discredit to what I'm about to say because there's there's a ton of us that have written for fan sites and done a lot of stuff. I think it came from an idea spawned from Cover Thirty Two. Then I saw it on Yahoo, and then people were talking about it uh, that that ESP had wrote it. So it kind of made this l- weird travel around of like, hey, there's there's some rumblings going on there that who oh, they they don't like them. Uh, I I don't see that happening. Ever, it's uh, it was a interesting thought, and now we should kill it. Yeah, look, uh, would I trade for Antonio Brown? Sure, that'd be awesome. Do I think it's gonna happen? No. 
<laughs> not a chance, especially when your franchise quarterback was like, yeah, I'm going to mull over some retirement, so let's get rid of yeah. our best weapon in case we got to draft another quarterback here. Uh, BLG, our good friend Matt Gumbrecht, he's got he's actually got two questions. Which player from the draft would you play uh, trade up for, like, to 10, he's saying? So, like, around that range, you want to trade up four or five spots. Is there a play in your mind that you would go get right now? I don't have one right now, but we talked about this on the show. Like, I don't. I don't know about 10. I think that's going to be pretty costly. I'm thinking, like, if they, you trade up, it's, like, one, two, three, three at most, like, picks. Like, a guy, basically, who, in the Eagles situation, depending where they pick, 14 or 15, which we still don't know, which is still silly, and they have to flip a coin at the combine <laughs> just to determine this. But Yeah, with, the, with, a, with a home field <laughs> disadvantage. Yeah, yeah very, Ooh. very not fair to the Eagles to have to – you know, deal with a coin flip in the Colts' own stadium. It's just pretty ridiculous. But um, <laughs> but then again, the visiting teams during the games get the coin flip. They get to call it. So do the Eagles get to call it? I don't That's know. A good question. Anyway, um, back to the the trade up thing. I think you know the Eagles are in an interesting spot because you know if they have like let's say ten guys who are top ten guys to them, and one of those guys leaks out of the top ten into that 12 range and kind of sneaks out there because a couple other teams ahead of them make big mistakes and kind of reach for players. That's when I think it makes sense to trade up and get a guy who's kind of like just within your reach and you didn't expect him to be there. Uh, I will say, I will say this. I have the right to change my answer after free agency, but without a doubt, if they can get OJ Howard and trade up to 10, you're goddamn right. I think they should because I'm. I'm. I. We talk all about right. weapons. We talk about wide receivers. We talk about all that. Uh, O.J. Howard is ridiculous, and I would take him and Zach Ertz side by side with whatever free agent wide receivers you paired together and ride that train right on in there. James, you have anybody you would take? Wow, it did not see O.J. Howard coming. Look, I think if uh, and I don't think he'll get there, but if Fournette falls to ten, I would. I would trade the house to get you know for what it would take to get there um and and i think you know it depends on how the draft plays out because um the process too because it's going to depend on if guys like you know watson and kaiser if there are late you know runs where trubinsky ends up going like how many of those earlier picks are taken up by quarterbacks by by you know uh, a couple inside you know interior linemen whatever it is like where there are a few spots obviously there'll be some some serious edge rushers that go before the Eagles. So there's a chance that they, they're they just not going to have to, that they could be staring at a spot where they're, they're you know, you know, there are three cornerbacks and three skill players who could potentially be on the board for them a few picks out that, that all would be really nice players. So um, I think it's a feel thing, but, but if it plays out in a, in a worst case scenario where they just feel like, um, you know, that what they want is going off the board, then um, I do endorse, like Brandon said, if it's, it's someone leaking out or whatever, I definitely do endorse moving up to go get a guy that you feel strongly about, uh, you know, like wish, like I wish they had done to go up and get a Cooks or a Dix or whoever um, instead of taking a guy like Marcus Smith, you know, and moving back Cook, and doing that. Cooks and Dix, sorry. <laughs> That's always going to make me laugh. Cooking, uh, cooking some dicks. I'll take a <laughs> cooking cook, some dicks. And again, I'll take a cook this year. So, um, you know, I, I would be willing to. That Mike Williams, like, you know how it plays out. I, again, I think Mike Williams is going to be a really, really, really good football player. So, um, you know, I, I, I would, but uh, it just has to be the, the dynamics are so hard to predict. Uh, BLG, uh, a follow up from Mr. Gumbrecht as well. Which late round running back, if any, do you like most in this draft? Do you have any BLG? No. 
<laughs> I'm not I'm sorry. I'm not that deep yet. I'm not into uh, that I'll, yet. I'll say not Joe Mixon. Can I say that? Okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> well, yeah, scumbag. Yeah, no I like what I like. It's not him. super deep, but I like Gallman, the the kid from Clemson. I think he's, I think he's good, but he's not super deep. He's probably a, a higher pick than that. I don't. I, I haven't got like BLG. I haven't gotten into the John. You're probably ahead of us on the the later round uh, running back studs there. Yeah, and and when I say this, like I I I know that um that most of my watching a lot of the time comes from. Guys at Tehran and and Ben are, are making me watch, and I think they're fantastic. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to take credit for any of that stuff. So they're they're pointing me definitely in the right direction. There are a couple out there, Mr. Gumbrecht, and I know that we've been. I mean, if you watch it and watch the Senior Bowl this week too, Kareem Hunt, who is just who looks like he should be just a a, a brick house, and that's all he kind of runs like. He's really quick. He's from Toledo. I, I I like him a lot, and I've been on the Jamal Williams train BYU for a long time. Like Jamal Williams looks to me like he should have been playing at a bigger school. You know, like there there are those guys in there. And again, we, just to remind everybody, like this is this running back class still has a ton of great guys in it. Even even aside from the names you you already know, there's there's a lot of different. Uh, uh, you know, guys that can kind of get in there. Donnell uh, uh, Pumphrey, who's been the guy that the Eagles have been talking to this week, by the way, from San Diego State, who just is uh, very tiny, but also just very fast, very quick. Those are the three guys that I would kind of uh, pay attention to moving forward. BLG, let's get to VW Bleeds Green. Uh, would you like to see a cornerback tandem of Corn Elder? Hey, oh, there's uh, that's my brand. And uh, <laughs> uh, Stefan Gilmore next season. What a name, Cornell. I love that name. It's it's, just, it's terrible it's like, and awesome at the same time. That's a player. No, that's a player now. Like, like seriously, this guy. <laughs> like, imagine like player. being in the draft room, being like, "No, guys, come on, you're just messing with me." Like, this isn't a real guy. Um, <laughs> the Gilmore thing. I mean, how can we not think that's a real possibility based on the way you know Jim Schwartz goes out and gets all these these former Bills players, and he's going to hit the market. And I don't think the Bills are necessarily crazy about bringing him back because you know they had that first round. Uh, option they could have used on him to keep him under contract, and and they didn't really do that. So I don't really think they're going to be keen on him. And obviously they have a new coaching staff too, with our old friend Sean McDermott up there. So we don't necessarily Hey-o. know, you know, if, if, if McDermott wants him back. Uh, I want to get back to the running back thing real quick. Oh um, yeah, go ahead. Part of the reason I think I'm not interested in late round running backs, and I don't have the names yet, is because like I'm like. <sighs> I get the the fact that you know you can get guys later. I mean, we saw Jordan Howard have a pretty good season, who was drafted by the way in part by mm-hmm. Joe Douglas with the Bears last year. But like at the same time, like it's really weird to me how we don't talk about running back as a bigger need because like they it's a have, huge need. They have nothing. Yeah. They have nothing at that position. Like Darren Sproles is gone after this year. Ryan Matthews is going to be cut or traded. Uh, you or never play again. With, or never. Yeah. Or you never even play again. And definitely not play again in Philadelphia. Wendell Smallwood, yeah. I think, is a nice player, but he, I don't think he's a lead guy at all. And if maybe have he some is, respect, good <laughs> lord. Well, if he is, he certainly <laughs> hasn't proven it. I get. I think we yeah. can at least agree with that. So uh, yeah, absolutely. And then you know, Kenyon Barner is going to be a restricted free agent, so we don't even know if the Eagles' biggest Nickelback fan will be even back or not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just based so, on that alone, no. Yeah, so, exactly. So just the fact that like I just don't like the idea. I'm not saying you have to get one in the first round. You don't have to, but I think it's such an understated need. Yeah, absolutely, James. Uh, uh, you, I mean, I think we all agree with that uh, that part of it. So let's. Uh, I mean, are you on board with? Oh yeah. The the, the Gilmore Cook. elder tandem. 
Oh well, yeah, but I'm 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 on board with the the Fournette, Cook, Freeman, you know, Foreman. You'll get one of those like legit guys. Just to agree with BLG there, if if it works out that way. But um, uh, um, remind me the elder and who was the uh, other one? Cornell and uh, Stephon Gilmore. Oh yeah, uh, Gilmore. Um, of course. Like, look, I mean, Stephen Gilmore immediately uh, becomes as Leotis McKelvin would likely depart. <laughs> Sorry, BLG. Um. Uh, immediately becomes the best corner, at least talent-wise, that we've had here in a while. Um, but he's also going to cost a shit ton of money. So I, I, I'd be in on it. I just I don't think I'm willing to pay someone $11, $12 million a year, which is honestly maybe more. Like, he's going to be somewhere in that range, and I don't know if he's worth that to me, especially after... Uh, you know, the, the scars being still so fresh after uh, Namdi. <laughs> yeah, uh, st- well, and still, I guess you could say Byron Maxwell and so yeah, on and so too. forth. And those yeah. are going through there. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how about, I feel about Gilmore, but uh, you're talking to the number one Cornelder fan right here. I mean, like, Ooh. he is. Well, they're not mutually exclusive. You don't have to do both, right? Can't we just do Elder and not do the Gilmore signing? Yeah, yeah, that's a, totally fine by me. Like, I. I, I, I <laughs> I think that I, I really do think that this kid is very underrated. I mean, he is nothing but pure piss and vinegar and hate on the field. He's one of the cornerbacks that rarely, you know, when you when you see, and I know guys like I'm I'm not too big on like oh you know CBs have to tackle, but this dude tackles. This dude, you know, like it's I think yeah sure always sure he could play safety or whatever, but his, his cover skills are very underrated. He makes you fear coming over the middle for, you know, running backs, anybody, tight ends, whoever it is included. I think that is something that is desperately needing and lacking on this on this team. I don't think he can be, you know, just like most of these guys, I don't think he can be CB1 instantly. But if you that's why I'm OK with that or whatever, if you want to pair him up with Fitzpatrick or, or get him involved that way. Uh, yes, I, I definitely am a, am a big fan of the Cornelder. More running back questions here, boys. Uh, I don't know if I, I'll, I'll answer first. And you guys, best running back in the draft, not named Cook or Fournette. Uh, I, I will say this. I will say that uh, Samaje Piran, and I, I always screw that name up from the Oklahoma, is uh, is is not being talked about enough. Like I think he is a, a, a really a kind of a combination of a little bit of both of those guys. Uh, he's got really nice, fast cuts. He bo- boils people over. Very patient at the line. Guys, you have any other running back uh, favorites other than those two? Yeah, I think Deontay Foreman's really good too. I think yeah, he's legit. I'm, like I, 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 I wouldn't. It, it, it seems like some people are saying might go in the first round. I, I think I'd probably, I'd spend a second on him. I don't know if I go first, but I might. But he's really good. He's he's legit. I, I think the problem is, is when you say it that way, it's like I, I think. Uh, Fournette and Cook are just like a, a step above, and I, you know, I, yeah. I and I, I really like Cook, and I know people are starting to say, "Oh, he's close to Fournette." I, I, he, I don't think he is. I really like Cook, and I'd be super happy with him. <laughs> yeah. Fournette, Fournette is like, Fournette's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I think there is a lot of, and I'm, I'm with that too. It's, it's amazing how that transition has kind of gone from like, "Oh, Cook's RB one, without a doubt, ridiculous." Oh yeah, Fournette sucks. <laughs> it's know, amazing how I that trade is like, and, and because of the recency bias, because of that, that fantastic bowl game, bowl game yep. that they were them and everything that was poured into there, they forget how good he was. And because LSU had a down year, now all of a sudden, you know, and he skips out, Leonard Fournette's suddenly junk. BLG, I want to ask you for a third time, but I will say this, and you touched on it in your last comment. I am so tired of the wasting of resources on running back 
shit the stuff. Oh, you can't spend a first-round pick, can't do whatever. You can make that argument for literally any position, any position at all that you see as a failure. Like, oh, you can't take offensive line here. You know, there's always these, like, weird safe things that you can do <laughs> with, with whatever. Can we get over that, BLG? Is that ever going to be a, a thing? Like, you don't need to find those guys. Well, here's the thing. I think, you know, a lot of people look at these Super Bowl teams and they're like, oh, you know, these look at these guys. They didn't spend high resources on a running back. <laughs> but, yeah, think about, like, here's what I think about when I hear that. I think about how the Eagles beat the crap out of the Falcons uh, who are going to the Super Bowl, and the only reason they did it is because they used first-round running back that the Eagles didn't draft, obviously, but still first-round running back Ryan Matthews. They used him to eat up the clock, and that's how they beat Atlanta. I think like running the ball is still very important. I think you know for as much as you want to make fun of Dallas and how they used the first round on a running back and it didn't get them to the Super Bowl, I mean, come on. like It took like a, an amazing Aaron Rodgers pass you know, for that team to lose, you know, the Cowboys were right in that game still. Like it's not, and they won 13 games and they could have won 14 if they didn't rest their starters in week 17. So it's like, come on. Like, I just think the running back position, maybe not the position itself, just the importance of the running game overall is so underrated. I just think it would help out in the Eagles situation. Carson Wentz so much to have a guy that instead of, you know, having to have Carson Wentz throw the ball 67 times a game or whatever it was, like crazy amount against Cincinnati or or whatever it was, some of these attempts, you know, where it's just it's getting out of control just to be able to, to be in a position like where I bring it up all the time, where Dak Prescott, and he's like averaging some of the lowest attempts, uh, pass per attempts per game. It would be so nice for the Eagles to be able to kind of just have a running back that they can rely on and hand it off to and totally take the pressure off everyone else. And I think when you look at this Eagles team that has so many needs, to be able to have that running game, I think just takes care of a lot of other areas. Yeah, and it, and uh, I didn't know if I said that previous question is from our good friend Willing to Go Ham as well. And it's easy to make that argument with Atlanta BLG because they have Julio fucking Jones, which, by the way, they traded up a shitload for to go get. And Devonta so, Freeman's not like exactly uh, <laughs> chop liver here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You have Freeman and you have Coleman. So, I mean, that's a – it's – and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, for, for guys who are like, oh, you can rely on getting those guys in the third or fourth round or that's a perfect way of not using your resources or whatever. It's because they have other offensive weapons in place to counteract that. They didn't yeah. have a running game for a long time. And a great offensive line. I mean, Alex Mack has been a revelation. He's totally made that offensive line step to the next level. Jake Matthews took a step – Schrader was a freaking uh, all-pro last year and, and a really good lineman this year. I mean, that you know, that, it's silly, John. Yeah, it's just it's just on whatever your team philosophy is. So, yeah, if it's just like that's why Dallas spent the pick on Ezekiel Air because you have a you have a stacked offensive line, which you know he's going to succeed in, and then you also had a potential Hall of Famer, and then, yeah, sure, they got lucky with Prescott or whatever. But still, I mean, that was their philosophy. It's what it got them. It's got them to win games. It just depends on how your team's built. No, you're not going to waste. Like I would have been pissed if last year they would have, you know, wasted it on. Uh, I don't know. Fucking. I guess. I guess a running back or, or Leon with the with the offensive line help. But honestly, that would have helped them. You know, that would have helped them last year or two years. I guess two years before that. Or I don't know. I'm not making any sense now. But still, like stop you just talking, have to. John. Yeah, yeah. Stop talking forever. You have to know what the makeup of your football team is and what the philosophy is. And then you should choose whatever those resources are to help that football team get to that next level. Final question coming from our good friend Stephen Walker. Thank you for the shout-out, of course, to Reddit uh, and all those fine folks at our Eagles who are looking for podcast 
constantly. Remind them that BGN Radio is the one and only Eagles podcast. Do you think we fill uh, receiver need in free agency and maybe even uh, trade down to get Sidney Jones, the cornerback from uh, Washington? I don't know, BLG. I, I, I think that, again, like we've talked about, I don't know if I, we, we've kind of discussed the first part to death, but the second part, as far as I, don't know, I, I still I hate trading down it when you're at 15. I hate it unless it completely makes sense because I don't think a guy like Sidney Jones is going to be there much longer. I think if Sidney Jones in, is there at 15 and you're and you're right there, you should just select him and move on. How do you feel about that? I think it comes down to like earlier I said uh, you're, I probably am only in favor of them moving up a couple picks if. You know, a guy there is still in that top tier. Well, it could, this could, could be like the situation in 2014, which worked out so wonderfully for the Eagles, where <laughs> uh, <laughs> they had their top six guys go off the board, and then they had to go down to that next tier, and, hey, Marcus Smith was there. Now, I'm not saying, like, you know, that's the, the great strategy and, you know, like get another Marcus Smith, but, you know, I think the, the trade down was sound in theory that, you know, their, their top tier guys weren't there anymore. Um, and if you're going to get Marcus Smith there, because that's what I guess they would have drafted if they didn't trade down, obviously hoping better for someone than Marcus Smith, but trade back a couple picks. I'm not saying trade out of the round entirely and like load up on second round picks and become the Sixers here. I'm just saying like, you know, if it makes sense to move back a couple picks and you're getting like an extra fourth, I'm saying why not? I'm not like, yeah, you got to trade back and you got to keep collecting all these picks. No, I'm not doing that. No. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm kind of tired of the trade down. Uh, I think that will kind of wrap it up for us. Uh, my apologies. I don't think to- so, John. I don't think oh. we can we can end this podcast without having the Eric Rowe debate. Oh my God! Is that what we're going to get into now? Okay. Well, first, uh, thank you to Christian and Nate uh, who asked uh, similar questions as some of the other folks that were here. We uh, we love that uh, you guys are so involved and and want to know what's uh, what else is going on. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, maybe, maybe James, you want to set that. Why don't you set us up here uh, a, a little bit and just kind of, uh, I don't know. I guess remind everybody what happened uh, this weekend with the the Patriots Steelers game here. Yeah, well, Eric, he actually didn't have that great a game, but obviously he had the interception, and and who cares? The Patriots throttled the Steelers, and he's going to the Super Bowl. I think the bigger thing this week was that the original answer that we got from Howie Roseman about the Eric Rowe trade was now by his own admission incoherent um you know and look I think uh and I'll let I'll let BLG hop in here and and I they will never convince me that the Eric Rowe trade was the right move whatever happens process don't equal results or whatever that saying is you know you can't judge by the results, you have judged by the process, and I, and I don't think the Eric trade, Eric Rowe trade, was the right way to do business. And for what it's worth, I think that Howie Roseman's, you know, uh, rehash or, or redo of his of the Eric Rowe trade explanation that he that he did with Angela th- this week um, did seem like he somewhat regretted it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, my bit, it's just. That was actually my least favorite part of the whole thing with Angelo, because like the nine-year-old kid thing, dude. Like, really? Like, first of all, it, for, for, first of all, there is no way your nine-year-old kid is watching your things. And obviously, I think we're supposed to assume it's like some kind of like funny little joker. But like, for like, okay, let's assume that it's not a joke, and your kid is actually watching it. You have the weirdest nine-year-old kid on the planet. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing, watching his father's press conference and critiquing them? It's 
fucking weird. It was just a weird way for him to approach it, even if he was trying to joke. I didn't like it at all. Um, but anyway, BLG, the Eric Rowe trade. Well, we're, uh, BLG, before you answer that, I, 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 can can we just point out, along with the nine-year-old critique thing, that when he was discussing the Sam Bradford trade and saying, like, so I'd laid there and I looked up at the stars and I just thought to myself, I'm going to change two people's lives today. Like, there's a lot of that, like, well, poured no, on no, no, no. And then it was GM fantasy bullshit. Well, no, then, because then he went and met her. He's like, not just two people's lives. He's like, he's like, we're changing entire organizations. He's like, he's like, do you know how many lives we're affecting? Like, that's the way he fucking said it. Like, he, like he's God or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't believe it. But it, to BLG, I mean, BLG got upset because, like, oh, he played terrible all game and then he has the interception and then everybody freaks out, right? That That's your issue, BLG? That's basically it. I mean, it's just like, it's like he'll, like, get burnt, which he did two times for touchdowns. And I'm not saying Eric Rowe sucks. Like, look, I wrote an article. You can go back and look at it, bef- like, after the 2015 season. So before the 2016 season, I was very high in Eric Rowe. And... It you know I I thought he was going to be a good starting quarterback for the Eagles you know and then you know I'm watching him in the off season activities I'm there at practice I'm seeing him struggle I'm seeing him fall down the depth chart I was still high in him but like it was starting to dec- decrease and then I heard things from in the organization that he kind of came uh, you know back in the off season he came back and he kind of had this attitude of you know that he already kind of made it and he really didn't like look you know I think he had a promising end of the 2015 season, but it's not like he proved he's like Richard Sherman or something. I don't think he's that kind of cocky guy. I'm not necessarily saying that happened, but it just seemed like maybe he might have rubbed the coaching staff the wrong way, and he just he doesn't have that confidence that Jim Schwartz likes, What which you can, whatever, if you don't like that, whatever. My point is, I have several points about this. I'm not saying it was a great trade for the Eagles. I'm not saying that at all. I think if I... If I had the chance, I probably would have kept him. That I wasn't saying they needed to trade him before it happened. I just don't think it's like the worst deal of all time. And I don't think Eric Rowe is suddenly like the best cornerback of all time, which seems to be like the reaction. Not yet. He, he does something in New England. And here's the <laughs> thing <laughs> about him having success in New England. Look, guys, like every single player that goes there almost has success. Like look at Chris Hogan. Should the Bills have kept him? No, because, like, he got cut by, like, four other teams, and he wasn't good, and he was, like, playing lacrosse for, like, Mammoth before he even came into the NFL. Like, look, Bill Belichick has a way of making players great, and players that who wouldn't have been great if they stayed with the team they were. That doesn't mean you should have kept them. I just think it gets it gets warped up on that. Uh, I'm not saying – here's huh. – I'm I'm so worked up about this. I I totally lost my train. <laughs> just thought. say you I hate just, Eric Rowe and get get it I over. Yeah, just, I just get I there. just get annoyed with the fact that it's here's the thing I I didn't like. I like oh you know Bill Belichick knows how to work players into a scheme and he can he can mold. It's not about just scheme with him. He just builds around the players. Like first of all, I think there's some kind of BS to that. You can't tell me Bill Belichick doesn't have a preference when it comes to scheme and players and things like that. I no, just of course, don't buy yeah, everybody does. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. And then the second thing is. Maybe he does do a better job of that than other coaches, yes. But that's why he's the best coach, or at least one of the best coaches in NFL history. He's a no, special the best. guy. He can take, yeah, the, 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 the best. He can take a, players and bad players who aren't on, 
who might be on a good team, might be on a bad team, but they aren't a good player, and he can make them into good players, and that's what makes him special. I'm just tired of the thought that, like, Eric Rowe was just playing so well here because he wasn't, and they could, the Eagles just should have kept him, and if they had him, it would have solved everything. Uh, here's what I'll say. Is Eric Rowe better than any, any CB on the team? I didn't dispute that. Okay, good. That's all I give a shit about. Sure. I don't care about. I don't care Suck about the greatness it. of Eric Rowe. I don't. I don't Suck care about it. How, That's also how, how good is low and, bar. <laughs> yeah, but it's exactly. So why the fuck did you do that in the first place? And yeah. I will always say this. And this is what I tweeted out the the moment all of it happened. Can I? Can I? Can we go back to 2015, the summer of it, and how so upset? That Brandon Boykin was gone. <laughs> everybody bitched about that forever, forever. And it, it, it and until, I'm going to say, I don't know, it got, getting into even this past offseason. And there are still people that think, should you give, give Brandon Boykin another shot and bring him back here and see what's up? B because people bitched about that for a long time, I'm going to bitch about Eric Rowe for a yeah. long time. Because, sorry, I, I, I don't, I, you, no matter how, how this ends up, uh, and, and, and it's an easy fix. The easy fix is this offseason, you go get two corners, then, I, then I'll then I'm all jump. I'll dive right into the Eric Rose sucks pool. Because, uh, <laughs> again, until I don't think then. He sucks, until, to be fair. I'm not saying he sucks. I, I know, I know that. I'm just saying in general you. for everybody, not, not BLG. You can tweet all of your complaints to at oh wow, hmm, because <laughs> I know he loves this stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, that, that, I, that's why I keep coming back to. And, and whether or not. Sure, I mean you can you can, that's an indictment of the development of that uh, of of that defense. If you looked at that guy and said I just can't do anything with him, sorry, that's on your defense. That's on the and again, goes back to my point long before, way long before we even got here when I first mentioned during the I think it was during the beginning of the show. And the NFL and coaches don't want to develop players. It is a myth. Okay? It's a myth. You can coach them up as best you can, and there really only are a select few coordinators that really do develop guys, whether it's offensive or defensive or whatever. They want guys that can fit into their system and just go and just understand what they're doing and just go, and that's the mistake that was happened here. It didn't work. It didn't figure it out, and because of – and don't get it wrong – Howie Rosen moved on from him because he was partly that. That's that's a chip guy. Now I'm going to show you how it's done. This was the wrong guy, and 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 that happens a lot. And it's just not on. I'm not just taking that on Howie and whatever. That happens a lot. It happens everywhere in the NFL. <laughs> and Genesis Schwartz like, not liking him was a big factor. I mean, I for, uh, yeah, I'm, of course. I'm not a Howie defender, so for me to be like kind of defending this trade, like this isn't just like a bias thing here. You know what I mean? Like I I think well, I know it comes down to you know we we you know like. Look, everyone loved the Jim Schwartz hire, right? I think we can all agree that like, that was a pretty unanimously, unanimously yeah, approved yeah. thing. Well, guess yep. what? Like, Jim Schwartz is going to have his preferences, and he's like, so do you want to keep Eric Rowe and make him unhappy that you're keeping him around, and then have your defensive coordinator that everyone loves so much unhappy? I mean, there's going to any. Well, no, coach, but I, but any, it's the same shit. It's the same shit that he says that Bill Belichick says. That as soon as he came in here, Jim Schwartz said, "I don't have a. I, I really will dictate the scheme around the players." Yeah, I do. It's never true. I know. That's what I'm saying. So it so it ended up being not true. It's just it, it, really what it is. It's just a frustration of uh, of going from like having not really a hole to having holes to to again we're discussing the secondary. 
When we really shouldn't be. Like, you know, that's why there's always like, what's the main priority here? Well, if Eric Rowe's still here, and maybe you give him a couple. I mean, it, we, we talk and see. Here's, here's the <laughs> issue. Yeah, you know, you do. Here's the other issue, too, is because we get into these microcosm debates specifically with just this game. So I will definitely say that Eric Rowe did not play well through that entire game. And that's, and again, that's probably one of the best wide receiving cores out there, not using that as an excuse. He has played extremely well mm. leading up to that football game. He's getting Sorry. meaningful Sorry. minutes for a team so, in the Super Bowl. He's getting meaningful so, minutes in the Super Bowl. Come on, man. That, I'm that not saying it sucks. And, but but, but people, people are poo-pooing that because of, of BLG's argument and saying, well, he's he's with the Patriots, so yeah. obviously he's good, and there's Here's these the articles thing. that are coming out. He really did play very well. The, in a, in a six-to-seven-game stretch now, he's played really well minus – uh, you know, the championship week here. And just to correct that, I mean, the Belichick thing, like, yeah, he, he certainly has guys that he likes, but his guys, it's more selflessness. Like, the thing about Belichick is that his scheme is kind of always changing and always his scheme is based around who his opponent is, you know, and, and that's why he's the best coach. But, um, yeah, uh, John, I'm with you here, but uh, I understand your point, BLG. I don't think that I think anyone who's saying, "Oh my God, Eric Rowe made an interception and or or made one good play here or there," is is uh, you know, and calling the trade a disaster is is incorrect. I think what they should be is someone like me, who you can go back and look at my writing and my podcast. I hated the trade <laughs> from the moment it happened. I hated it weeks after, months after, which is now. I still fucking hate it, and and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, we but James and I and and the thing is and, and dude and James and I called this shit to an absolute T because Sam Bradford traded right and everybody was ecstatic about that and then they snuck that fucking thing in there yep. after that they knew exactly what they were doing They're like oh no 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 pay attention to Sam Bradford pay attention to that Eric Rowe, Eric Rowe, Eric Rowe. and and the moment we brought it, it was like oh you guys are fucking haters it's like, no 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 it's because they're trying to hide that shit they're just trying to bury it. Right under there's like, we don't know how they're going to take this, so let's get it while while it's happy. That's exactly what happened there. But the debate will rage on, and honestly, the way to fix it, draft Corn Elder. That's it. Yeah, real quick, <laughs> real quick. I have a, I'm going to make a proclamation after after our draft discussion and, and BLG with the running backs. And my official draft stance, when anyone asks me what I want the Eagles to do, I want them to trade up for Leonard Fournette. Let's fucking go. <laughs> BLG, any other final thoughts, buddy? I'll leave you with a quote. This is the beginning of the quote. I think Eagles fans are going to be really excited who we draft in the first round. End quote. Howie Roseman. One hundred percent, man. Which again, really weird thing to say. It is a weird <laughs> thing to say. I, I mean, like it gets me excited, but also at the same time, like. Really, th really weird thing to say. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a left guard. It's going to be a left guard. Please welcome uh, Gardy McBeef from <laughs> the University of Iowa. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's how it's going to roll. Uh, I will I will say one thing that is not sports related at all. I think I just I just have to keep saying it. Punching Nazis is okay. Okay. I just want everybody to understand that and enjoy that and just continue to punch Nazis. And that's it. Yeah, I'm Jewish. I can give the uh, I can give the okay. <laughs> it is not a thing. It is not like one thing or another. Yeah. Punching Nazis is definitely okay. And uh, uh, thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio, episode number two twenty, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. <laughs>